It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. I have written out the path for Kirk Cousins to set the NFL record in passing yards. This is not a joke. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and yes, it is. <laughs> this is Arif Hassan with Pro Football Network. I'm excited to announce that Justin Jefferson will only get 500 yards without Dalvin Cook taking attention away from him. Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. Check your emails, boys. Ready to send out the first trade proposal after last week's Vikings preseason dynasty draft. Luke, I need Ivan Pace Jr. from you. Punch it. And Ron Johnson checks in from Colorado. We'll see if there's any Sean Payton or Russell Wilson sightings coming up today on the Minnesota Football Party. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. What's up? Happy Thursday, everybody, on the Minnesota Football Party here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Please subscribe to help other people find the show on YouTube. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as well. The two Lukes are here, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman, Luke Braun, at Luke Braun NFL, and Arif Hassan on Pro Football Network. He's at Arif Hassan NFL, where you can find his tweets, find the links to his work. He does great work, and he joins us every Monday and Thursday here in the party, as does Luke Braun. Plenty to get to today, fellas. I want to talk Kirk Cousins' seedling. If indeed the Vikings have to win games 50-49, to 49, what can Kirk Cousins accomplish this year? Could it be historic in nature? I've got a Vikings guessing game. We will be keeping score. A fierce competition ahead based on a, a recent SI story. ESPN also wrote about where the Vikings roster ranks. And yes, we'll talk about the Pat McAfee interview with AQ Shipley, where he said some 
things straight out of Dalvin Cook's agent's playbook. I don't know how Zach Killer got a hold of him. I don't know he got how he got inside Pat McAfee's body, but we will talk about that as well. Uh, Ron Johnson joins later in the show. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. All right, guys. I spent the morning out on the deck having a cup of coffee, crunching the numbers on how Kirk Cousins can set the NFL record for passing yards this year. I'm going to lay out my argument and then let you guys pick it apart. All right. Are you ready for this? Are you are you ready? Uh, I mean, do we have a choice? <laughs> no. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. This is the rationale. I'm trying to be as realistic as possible. All no, right. you're not. That's the, you don't have to lie. <laughs> I, I know this is ridiculous. You're, you're Get into it. Produce the most credible path possible. I understand what you mean by trying to be as realistic as possible, but you're not. You're literally want, drinking purple Kool Aid. <laughs> now, I, this is not to say that Kirk Cousins is going to win 13 games for this team. Mm-hmm. This is just a statistical accomplishment, right? Justin yeah. Herbert. Puts up a lot of yards and the Chargers win nothing. So this is, I think this is more realistic than you think. Tell me where I'm wrong. Okay. In the 17 game season for the last two years, the high in passing attempts has been either low 700s or high 600s. Tom Brady actually has been the guy. Um, Kirk Cousins last year was fourth in pass attempts, by the way. Mm-hmm. He had more pass attempts in first halves than he did second halves i think he's going to need to pass more in the second half this year i think they're going to be trailing by more in more games i think that will actually increase his passing total let's say that kirk cousins gets up to one of the highest passing attempt totals in the league let's give him 700 pass attempts that would be about three more per game than he had last year Yeah, that would be identical to the number of pass attempts per game that Peyton Manning had in his record-breaking season in 2013. Okay, perfect. This is all. This is working out great. Now, remember the the mark to beat is Peyton Manning, 5,477 yards. I'm giving Kirk Cousins 700 pass attempts. Doesn't have really any cold weather games to depress that number. And again, I think they will be trailing more. And I think they will be trailing more earlier in games too, because this is sort of like the 2020 defense. Like they know going into week one, they know their defense is going to struggle. They're probably going to have to pass the ball early and often. Now let's give Kirk Cousins like a very like randomly chosen 69% completion percentage. He has attained that twice as a Viking in five years. I don't think that's totally unrealistic. He also attained it twice as a Washington quarterback. So we're going to give him 69% uh, completion percentage, 483 completions out of 700. Uh, We are going to look at his yards per attempt. Now, his high as a Viking is 8.3. If he attained 8.3 at that amount of attempts, he would have 5,800 yards, by far the most in NFL history. But let's knock it down. Let's be a little more realistic. Um, as a Viking, his yards per attempt is 7.6. Let's bump it up just a little bit to 7.8. 7.8 yards per attempt, 700 attempts. That is 5,460 passing yards, 17 yards short of Peyton Manning. So he's basically right on the number. 
has my pathway to Kirk Cousins' success? Like, what is poke it apart? What is the most unrealistic element of that, Luke Inman? I think KOC looks at their time of possession last year, ranked 29th in the league. And even if the defense is, is worse somehow last year, I think his biggest emphasis he looked at from last year to this year, I think his big emphasis on offense this year is he wants to be able to run the ball more efficiently. I think he sees those inefficiencies running the ball last year as a huge liability and something he wants to fix. And watching it equate to, again, a bottom three ranked offense in time of possession, I got to imagine he's going to put a huge emphasis on just figuring out how to run the ball more efficiently, find a way to put together more long-sustaining drives, more so, again, to probably help the defense get off the field more than anything. I know that doesn't necessarily hurt Kirk directly. Like, that could mean, okay, more third and shorts instead of third and longs, which means more conversions, which means more offensive plays, right? Which is a good thing. But even with Dalvin gone, I think adding a blocking tight end like Josh Oliver, drafting another running back for the third straight year, I think KOC wants to make sure they're running the ball far better than they did in 2022. And just knowing that, I just have a hard time thinking Kirk's numbers are somehow going to be even better than they were last year, just given how high he already ranked last year in so many passing categories. Again, third most passing attempts the Vikings had being the one I'm looking at the most. All right. Luke Braun, why am I wrong? Yeah, there's there's the volume thing. That's one of my biggest concerns. The other one is for this to happen, you you need Kirk Cousins to get through an entire season and have like consecutive consistent performances without you don't get to have an Eagles game last year or a 2021 Monday night at Soldier Field 87 yard egg. Have we ever gotten through a season without Kirk Cousins laying a couple eggs? I don't oh, think so. No, not a chance. That's I think it's going to be the even if you get the the volume and the strategy you're going for, even if you can maintain 8.3 yards per attempt and a career high uh, completion percentage, you know, and, and without completely torpedoing your a dot. I'm not asking for that. either of those. I'm not asking for either of those. I'm asking for 69% and 7.8 yards per attempt. His career high is 69.8. So you're asking his career much. high is 70.1. Okay, Come on. <laughs> oh, one percentage weird. point. BFR has the wrong one bolded. Weird. It's a, it's no, a big uh, bolded is not a personal high. It's led the league in that category that year. Oh, wild. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my argument gets stronger with every passing second. I uh, every I passing second. Well, but you you realize that in those two years that he had his lowest yards per completion in those years, like the that's what I'm getting is and the, yeah, that's yeah. Completion percentage will go up as passes get easier. So okay, you need but, him to but be in, that but, high on the hard passes and also consistent at doing it. That's a very difficult thing to do anyways. And also, I just I don't trust Kirk Cousins to get through a whole season without a couple stinkers. It's just who he is. Yeah, yeah his, that, his three fair. lowest average depths of target are in the years where he had 70 completion percentage, uh, 69.8 completion percentage and 69.1 completion percentage. So you're telling me there's a chance. Uh, telling you the opposite, but okay. I mean, do you want me to go? I can go. <laughs> if you, yeah, I got like uh, Percy read. Harvin bubble screen Maven. Maybe we can do this. All right. So uh, for any team to lead the league in pass attempts, whether that is the Detroit Lions with Matthew Stafford, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady, uh, Denver Broncos, Peyton Manning, they have to be throwing while they're ahead. It does not matter how many close games you are uh, in. It doesn't matter how many times you're behind. None of that matters because 
you need to be always throwing the ball regardless of situation. That's not something that Kevin O'Connell is going to do. He's not demonstrated a likelihood of doing that. Also, the Vikings already hit the marks in terms of like game script that you're looking for. They had like the sixth highest number of pass attempts while behind in the NFL already. You're already hitting basically the ceiling of what the Vikings are able to do just in terms of pure pass attempts. Uh, also, you're going to, like you're you, we're, we're debating between yards per completion and completion percentage and how one trades off with the other. And that's all true. Um, but you're still asking for him to hit a, a yards per attempt on a passing attempt volume that doesn't make a ton of sense because the reason that yards per attempt tends to fall for a non-elite quarterbacks as passing volume goes up is because they are replacing runs with passes, which means they are creating short passes designed to get three, four, five, six yards instead of a normal passing attempt. You're getting screens and slants instead of deep bombs when you're replacing those runs for most quarterbacks most of the time. Kevin O'Connell has not demonstrated uh, a willingness to play Kirk Cousins like he's Tom Brady or like he's Matthew Stafford or like and Matthew Stafford's a little bit different. You just want him throwing deep all the time um, or like he's Peyton Manning. When Peyton Manning drops back to pass, the whole field is available to him. When Kirk Cousins drops back to pass, back to pass, it is the play that is called. That is what you're getting. And the play that is being called is designed to replace a run of some sort when you're replacing runs with passes, which is going to be a short pass. You're just going to decrease your yards per attempt on those increasing passes. So it is, I think, really difficult for you to generate high yardage or high yardage per attempt as you increase pass attempts, because not every pass attempt that you add is going to be like the average pass attempt that you had before. So th those are the biggest problems. But just primarily speaking, all of those teams, all of those, like when Drew Brees was thrown for like 5,500 yards or something close to it, 5,200, um, it was because they were throwing the ball when they were ahead. And that's just not something it seems like Kevin O'Connell is willing to do, especially with the investments that the Vikings have made with a focus on the running game. Like you don't sign Josh Oliver to throw 700 times. Like the whole point of the Vikings offseason was to become more effective at running the ball and uh, run the ball with a little bit more uh, likelihood. I mean, the Vikings were a somewhat high pass likelihood team. But if you account for down a distance and game situation, they were only a little bit above average. They were not an extremely pass happy team, despite the fact that Kirk Cousins threw the ball the fourth most in the NFL of any quarterback. The reason he did that was because he was already in the game state that you're describing would be the ideal situation for him to get to 5,800 yards or whatever. So like the Vikings have already achieved your best case scenarios in terms of pass attempts and have not gotten close to getting Kirk Cousins that record. So I, I just, I just don't see it happening, especially as this offseason seems designed to run the ball more rather than less. I just I don't know anything... how game flow is going to allow for that unless Mike Zimmer is at the helm. Like Mike Zimmer didn't give a crap about the scoreboard. He was going to establish. The well, but that's my point is that Kevin O'Connell does give a crap about the scoreboard. And in order to achieve the record, you have to throw when you're ahead. That's it. Every team that has gotten that record has thrown when they're ahead. Yeah, you can be behind in a lot of games, and that'll help increase the number of pass attempts. But the secret is that the Vikings already were, right? That's how the Vikings got there. So to increase the number of pass attempts beyond that, 
you have to, I mean, the Vikings hit a record for the number of close games, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like it's like they won 11 close games. And part of that is because they threw a lot because they were already behind in a lot of those situations, right? Like that's how you get some of the most amazing moments that we've seen from the Vikings this last year is because they have to throw the ball a lot because of the situations that they were in. You're asking for them to replicate that situation when I think all of us expect them to have a better defense anyway because of Brian Flores and also yeah. throw the ball when they're ahead. I mean, Sam, don't lie. You're doing you're you're changing your mind based on attempting to win your argument, but it's been on the record. I have it, I, this podcast that you think the defense will get better. I've not locked that in. I've said many times really that I've in. said many times that Brian Flores is not guaranteed to make this defense any better. Like he didn't do you it said in it's Miami. not guaranteed to make it good. He's not, he's definitely not guaranteed to make it good. And I'm not convinced they're going to be even respectable. I'm not like, like I didn't Daniel's, say that either. If Daniil's not on the defense, they could be behind so early, so frequently that Kirk Cousins is going to be compelled to throw the ball more. Um, now, they might try to mitigate it very, like by not throwing in first halves. They might just try to run, run, run to try to reduce possessions early, keep the game close. I get it. I get all of your arguments. Could I convince you? to get 5,000 yards like last year's passing attempts at 7.7 yards per attempt. Could he be a 5,000 yard passer? Uh, I mean, uh, I still don't think so. I don't think I, so. I, I think if anything, Kevin O'Connell regrets not running more with like leads yeah. the way that he's talked yeah. about it. It feels like he, he would, he wants to not be as susceptible to comebacks as he was like as good at generating comebacks. That's why like the Vikings blew nobody out. They won 13 games. They, they did except for the Packers game the at the Packers. very beginning. Yeah. They couldn't put teams away like kind of famously. And I think that's part of the emphasis on the run game is being able to kind of slow a game down and say, Hey, we're up two scores. Let's make this. So they only get three, three possessions now. And that will also be crucial to toward helping the defense. All right. So you guys have all, like totally pooped on my argument. Now I want you to with straight faces. Sam was sitting out there this morning with this coffee and laptop. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to get him today. Oh, <laughs> I got a good one today. Okay. So what's the ceiling then? What's the ceiling guys on Kirk Cousins stats this year? Arif, what do you think? Uh, I think a reasonable ceiling would be 4,800 yards, which is pretty close, right? To 5,000, but it's not 5,000. Would that be a career high? No. He hit 4,900 with Washington. Uh, yeah. See, that's the blueprint right there. A team that was like very middling, had to throw the ball a lot, 8.1 yards per attempt, 67%. Just if you increase the attempts by like 40, well, not even. I mean, if you increase the attempts by like just a few, and that's probably one of the one extra game, the 17th game, that's a 5,000 yard season. Yeah. I mean, if you replicate the season he had eight years ago, I'm sure it's possible. History. <laughs> Come on, man. That's destined to repeat itself. <laughs> I, I got a tough time gambling on anything over what a reef said about 48. I, I mean, again, I just lean back into third most pass attempts in the league. Kirk specifically had the fourth most. I, I just don't see that kind of volume. Luke's right. I, I don't see that kind of volume happening again. And he had what? How many yards last year? 4,547. 45. I mean, if anything, I'd take the under on that, honestly, if I was in Vegas. I, yeah. I wouldn't take the under on 45. Um, the reason I take the over on that is because he, what, he missed a game last year due to COVID, right? No, it was two years ago. He missed um, one half of one game in week set, week 18. Yeah. 
Um, no, the reason I uh, I would take these because he was remarkably inefficient um, last year. I, I think that he'll actually increase his efficiency over last year. I to me the band is forty six forty seven is like the most likely. Area. Would you like to know what FanDuel thinks? Yes. Can you expound on that a little bit as far as his inefficiencies? Because I thought he well, was he, like he top ten had... in passing grade, adjusted completion percentage, accurate pass rate, all that stuff. Well, I mean, he was a little bit less accurate once you account for the difficulty of passes uh, than uh, than he normally is, right? Um, but yeah. he also just like had fewer yards per attempt. He also just had, um, you know, less accurate passes on deeper attempts. He was less likely to go deep. He was more likely to go intermediate. Um, he just he just was less efficient, um, which was one of the arguments that that we were making about why you know, it wasn't sustainable, right, for the Vikings to do as well as they did. Like, the ultimate argument was, you know, you can't repeat close games, et cetera, et cetera. But part of it was also a lot of it relied on Kirk Cousins playing in a very un-Kirk Cousins-like way by being a lot more improvisational, which is great. Like, that's a good Mm -hmm. thing for him to add to his repertoire that he didn't really have before. He was improvisational, he was creative, but it seemed to come at the cost of his down-to-down efficiency and consistency. So I think that will go up. I think he'll probably retain some level of the improvement that he had in creativity. But I I think that he is a better quarterback by far now than he ever was with Zimmer if he can maintain that play-to-play consistency that he lost last year. FanDuel, 4,275 and a half yards. That's interesting. I mean, they, they probably anticipate fewer close games. Yeah, that would be fairly close. If if you take just like back of the envelope, 600 pass attempts, 7.5 yards per attempt, that would be a 4,500 yard season. Yeah, that's surprising. All right. Well, that was that's uh, that's, uh, this is not a gambling advice podcast, but personally, I might take the over. I've got another line coming up in a few moments that I also would take the over on. That's coming up in our Vikings guessing game after I remind folks that FanDuel, where I just got that line, uh, is a great place to wager on NFL futures this season. Rushing yard props, receiving yard props, passing yard props. Hey, it's also a great place to wager on real baseball games that are happening right now. Twins are in Baltimore over the weekend. They're off today. Thank goodness that was a miserable Brave series. But you can bet MLB at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn or the FanDuel Sportsbook app for your new customer. Get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, it's a great deal. They've got great promotions going on all the time at FanDuel, and you get paid instantly when you win. It's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn or the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Check it out today. Grab that no-sweat first bet and bet MLB. FanDuel is a partner with Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Here's the game, gentlemen. SI did a team preview on the Minnesota Vikings, and they broke it down by eight categories. Hopefully no one's cheated. We don't tolerate cheaters on this show. Um... We will go rapid fire. I'll give you the prompt. You give the answer that you think SI gave. Oh. And we will is this, keep is, score. When you say SI, is this Will or is it someone else at SI? Uh, this is not Will. This is someone less connected, someone national. So okay. if it was okay. Will, the answer is probably answers. Be, Got it. The answers would probably be correct <laughs> yeah. if it was Will. Yeah. These answers <laughs> might not be correct. All right. <laughs> <laughs> It's not personal because I don't even know who wrote this, but yeah. Shout out to Will Reggett's, by the way. Yeah. Love you. Will's the man. Um, all right. 
eight categories beginning with biggest gamble this offseason. Arigasan. Uh, I, I have to go Sorry. with Marcus Davenport, right? Like that. That feels... And this could be any, yeah, this could be any decision that they made. So again, right. this is any this singular, is not what we okay. think is the, the biggest gamble. This is what I, I hope it's not predicting. something stupid like not trading up for a quarter. Like decisions that you don't make that were low probability would suck. I'm gonna go with decisions they actively made. I'm gonna go with Marcus Davenport here. I'm sure Luke or Luke are gonna come up with something that I just didn't think of, but you said immediate answer. I was just yeah. gonna say not retaining Zadarius Smith. I mean, trading away Zadarius Smith, relying on guys like Patrick Jones, DJ Wanamis, okay, Red yeah. That's all. Zadarius Smith. I Trying to think like a national person, which is probably going to be super fantasy brand. I'll go with Alexander Madison. Replacing oh, cutting at, uh, cutting Adam Thielen. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Or cutting Thielen. Yeah. 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 I'll say <laughs> cutting Dalvin Perfect. Cook. Cutting Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, AI no generator. Point, no points yeah. awarded. No points awarded. It was the answer that Arif feared it would be. It was not extending Kirk Cousins. <laughs> it's comical you have to laugh it doesn't even impact this season call that decision yeah. that a gamble is like the weirdest one there's <laughs> so many things to say about that what what you can just do it next february what these again these sam again were ai generated the, like, the biggest gamble like, was splitting your pair of tens at the black i, I split huge I, gamble I I fed the Vikings into uh, Chat GPT, and this is the franchise <laughs> it came up with. Um, we'll rotate around to for who starts. So now we'll start with Spinman. Uh, next prompt: toughest stretch of the schedule. This is a tough one to get exactly right. Like. I, you know, when I look <laughs> at the schedule, I, I start with the quarterbacks. <laughs> Weeks two through five, they got Jalen Hurts on primetime on the road, Justin Herbert, number one overall pick, and Bryce Young on the road, and then Patrick Mahomes, that's quarterback in the league. Weeks two through five, that's got to be one of the toughest stretches. So so you're going to go two through five. We will go with whoever's closest to their answer. Whoever's closest. So you can pick any like stretch or length of stretch. No, Luke Braun, you're next. Okay, I, I have a feeling they're going to overrate the Bears. And if you're going to overrate the Bears, you've got Chiefs, Bears, 49ers. So I'm going to go with that. That's what weeks four through six. Okay. Arif? I, I, so I know that this answer is probably wrong. That's why we're playing the game. But I can't. Inman's answer is just too good. I have to pick weeks two through five. The correct answer? Weeks two through five. Okay. You guys wow. got it. Wow. Oh Let's go. It's that just will be so, like it has to be that. Yeah, it is half yeah, a point. It, it's crazy. And and week five is the Bears game. So week we did six, over it. Right, week six. It? Or is, oh, that's week six. Oh, yeah. and then okay. Niner. That's what I'm saying. Like it. Ba- and then at Soldier, which seven, I mean, notoriously always a oh, headache, no matter what the teams. Yeah, look like. I, but I feel like that's like more of like if you cover the Vikings, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Playing yeah, you're right. yeah, they would yeah. never know that. <laughs> I would never know that. All right, Inman and Arif on the Those board. Next one, guys. breakout player to watch. We'll start with Braun. Do they know about Christian Derrissaw? Because if he broke out last year, but nobody noticed. Right. Yeah. So people are going to be like, ooh, breakout Christian Derrissaw season, even though it happened last year. Yeah, sure. I'll say I'll say Derrissaw. Okay, Arif. That's a good one. Um it's always somebody who's already good, but the league hasn't noticed. Yeah, I so I I like the, that. I think that you're probably right, but for the sake of difference, I'm going to go not just a different player, but the complete opposite direction that you said, Luke. I'm going to go with Andrew Booth. 
Somebody that they just think <laughs> should be right. good. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody with potential. Yeah. 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 I like where your guys' heads not, are at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like the mindset. I was originally just knee jerk reaction going to say Brian Asamoah, but I feel like I like what like, Luke mentioned about. Yeah. yeah. No, it's I, too I, good of an problem. answer for, no, for the, a national. The thing. fantasy lens, do they get too into it? I'm going to say KJ Osborne. Oh, it could be Madison for that reason too. Yeah. Madison would make sense. I just, I, I think that you have to know a little bit too much about the Vikings to say KJ Osborne. Yeah. The correct so answer. <clears throat> Christian Derrissaw point for nice. Wow. Nice. Very good. They didn't, they didn't know about him. They didn't know. They about just, him. nobody paid attention. <laughs> just like him and Andrew Thomas were like, just, yeah, phenomenal Stud. Yeah. that yeah. no one talked about. Nobody outside of their markets talked about them. <laughs> yeah. Position of strength. Arif. No way they get this wrong. Anyway, Luke, go ahead. No, I think it's Arif. Oh, oh is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, because you just went. Um, okay. So three down line. It, 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 seems, it seems like pretty obvious that you'd pick receiver, right? But like... I, we can't necessarily go with something obvious. Um, safety, they've got Harrison and a first-round pick, right? Mm-hmm. Plus Lewis, uh, plus Cameron Bynum has starting experience. I feel like you mm-hmm. can talk yourself into that. No way they pick linebacker. Can't pick edge rusher. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like completely cartoon and pick safety. I like that. I respect that. I, I feel like it's probably receiver. It's probably their best easy match. Yeah, role, but I'm gonna go safety. Feels like the kind of ben. hot take that that like an SI thing would do. I I see it. I'll go chalk passing game, passing weapons. I'm not sure how they <laughs> write it down, but pass yes. catchers, yeah. pass catchers, yeah. Braun. Hey, you know Justin Jefferson disappears all the time. Disappeared in the playoffs, right? Let's go with safety. Wow, <laughs> Reef and Braun. Uh, yes, yeah, Spinny gets the full point. It's, it's passing <laughs> game. <laughs> Overthought it. Yep. Oh, it, dude. <laughs> Got my head. No regrets. I went with the one that was more fun. I was actually super yeah. jealous when Arif said that. I was like, oh, man, that's so good. That's so good. All right. No one's allowed to get this wrong. Position of weakness. We're not because there's like four of them. Yeah. yeah wait, what? what do you mean? Well, <laughs> usually when you're looking at it, but like I would say the three down linemen, the, the defensive line group, you lose Dalvin Tomlinson, which is one thing, but then you replace him with a backup and Dean Laurie. I'll say the defensive line. Uh, there's a honest to God chance. We have like one or two rosterable corners on the roster. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it's cornerback. Yeah. If Sam hadn't said you're not allowed to get this wrong, I would have gone with like maybe running back, right? But I'm going to go with yeah. quarterback. Yeah, sorry, I influenced it. Um, half a point for Arif and Braun. It's cornerback. Wait, if all three of us agree, is that like a third? Are oh, you point? chopping them up? It is a third of a point. Okay. Yep. okay. Oh, we're going to get weird decimals. Zero I points. need to incentivize you to be different. That's Are you going to add fractions live on the show? Right, yeah, right now it is 1.5 Braun, 1.5 Inman, 1 point Reef. Hell yeah. All right. We've got three Close to go. Tight game, tight game. All right. X Factor. I mean, obviously, this the could real mean anything. Ham, but. <laughs> <laughs> Can Kirk Cousins count as an X Factor? <laughs> Uh, you know, it would be such a great bit to pick like Johnny Munt, right? Like that would be, <laughs> um, uh, Ryan SMO would be good, but I think I'm going to go with Josh Oliver. 
Okay. I'm going to go with Lewis Seen. His first right. round pick that hasn't turn, played yet. You know, okay. I thought out of order. Out of order. I'm going to say Jordan Addison. Yeah, that would have been. Just a first round picks an X. I mean, it's who knows. I mean, right? yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. <laughs> as we've learned now, yeah, right. look up yeah. draft history on PFR and go, oh, that guy didn't play a lot last year. Maybe he'll there be the X factor. That's uh, all you need. You're all wrong. It was obviously Brian Flores, the oh biggest, the God. biggest X okay. factor of all. Uh, so no points there. Two to go. Ron Fair Johnson enough. waiting in the wings. We'll get to him momentarily. Two left. Uh, this is best bet. So the best wager that you can make on this team. So if you don't like, you don't have to have the exact number in your mind, but like whatever you think it might be. Um, who starts? Spinman. Best bet. Yeah. Okay. Like literally the best bet wager you can make at FanDuel. FanDuel Sport. Uh, okay. I will say. Brandy. Justin Jefferson over eight touchdowns because that's what he got last year. Punch it. Give me my money. <laughs> uh, Ron. At FanDuel, Justin Jefferson's yardage over under is 1400.5. Uh, I'll be slamming that over. Thank you. Yeah, I should have looked these FanDuel odds up. Yeah, I'm not going to look them up. Um, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's let's do the thing that Sam's been talking about all show. Kirk Cousins passing yards over. And you're all wrong again. It is Kurt really? Cousins over on touchdowns, 28.5. F off. <laughs> wow. What is it at 28, 28, 28 point, Well, it's, I've seen 29.5 on FanDuel. Um, they might have used it. That's a, a perfectly one. normal touchdown total. Why would that be the best bet? The Jefferson 1,400-yard thing seems like easy money to me. It's great. So it's, it's finally – the over-under has finally been set ab- above a number that – Justin Jefferson has gotten in the past. His rookie By year, he got a meager fourteen hundred yards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wasn't it like thirteen hundred last year too? It was like crazy low. It was thirteen ninety five last year. Yeah. Wow. All right. It, okay. It, it all comes down to this. <laughs> all comes down to this, and then we get to Ron Johnson. Sleeper fantasy pick. Uh, who is it, Bron? I feel like you can't count Madison as a sleeper. He's the. So it's got to be like one of the running backs. I'll go with Ken A. Wong Wu because he's, you know, got the 40 time. Okay. I'm going to go with Alexander Madison. I swung and miss on KJ earlier. I'm going to try it again. All wrong McBride? again. It was, I don't know. This is kind of a bad one. Jordan Addison, the sleeper. Oh, come on. Fan. Sleeper? Stupid. Get out of here. <laughs> <I got you. laughs> So Braun and Inman share the victory. Arif Hassan, last place. Proudly last place. Feels Brutal. good. Feels good. Uh, we're partnered with SiriusXM. You can find Locked on Sports Minnesota shows at SiriusXM, the SXM app. Also, local broadcasts of Twins games. Just search Twins. You can hear Corey and Dan broadcasting the Twins getting shut out every single day. Ron Johnson joins now, host of the Ron Johnson Show, at 3 Ron Johnson on Twitter. Had a big week of guests. Chris Rump, defensive line coach, was on the show this week. Uh, Julia Daniels was on the show this week. You got Dontarius Thomas coming up next week. Uh, big stuff going on at the Ron Johnson Show. You're in Colorado, Ron, at a softball tournament. How is uh, sunny Colorado? Uh, it's beautiful out here. We've uh, been into the mountains, so we've done a hike in the mountains. We just went to uh, Pikes Peak yesterday. Uh, beautiful weather, 80 degrees out, so... You know, can't complain. It's, it's nice and breezy, not a lot of uh, heat, 
um, but it's not cold either. So this is like the perfect, I guess, blend of like weather for uh, anything we want to do out here. But the cool thing too is the ball flies. We've seen our 12-year-old girl, one of our girls, hit two over the fence already. So the altitude up here is real. Nice, nice. That's why the Rockies hit so many home runs uh, because of that altitude. Ron, well, the Rockies uh, also, true, like true. lost the game twenty-five to one though too. So true. Clearly. <laughs> That's true. Was that against the <laughs> Angels? Work, yeah. yeah, incredible. It could work for yeah. them and it could work against them. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ron, there were some crazy hot takes yesterday on the Pat McAfee show. I know you've been on with Pat, uh, and we like Pat, but Pat was saying or suggesting that Justin Jefferson had so much success because Dalvin Cook was the one in the backfield taking up attention. What do you make of that take? Uh, it's understandable. I mean, honestly, it's understandable. Uh, he's talking about the box count. So Dalvin Cook did face a lot of seven, you know, seven-man block stuff. But here's the key. The seven-man block only works – or, sorry, box, not block. Seven-man block box only works if you are running the ball. The Vikings didn't run the ball, so it wasn't like a secret that they were going to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. So I get the premise – um, but if you turn on the tape and watch how often they face a seven or eight man box versus how often they face two high nickel, uh, six coverage, which is quarter, quarter, half. I mean, which is quarter on one side, quarter in the middle of the field. And then you give a half of the field to the safety corner. It, it just it, it doesn't happen often. So I think it's a good thought. Uh, we also know Pat McAfee's a smart marketer. He's been trying to get Dalvin Cook to bless his show. So he's just trying to love up on him. He's already saw the Tyler Conklin buzz about going to the Jets. Uh, I went on the show when he got cut. He had me come on and talk about Dalvin Cook. So he's a smart guy. Ron, we were just talking about the Vikings ranking bottom three in time of possession last year, even with how good the offense was. What's the first thing you think about when you think about KOC trying to improve that? Is it just as simple as just running the ball better? And do you think they can actually improve in that area, given the loss of obviously Dalvin Cook? Or is there like more nuances and variables than just running the ball more efficiently? Is it the offensive line blocking? Is it the play calls themselves and the run designs, et cetera? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I've always been taught, maybe I'm too old school for this, but maybe I've always been taught running the ball is, is, is about will. Who wants it more? Which offensive line is going to be nastier? Which defensive line is going to give up the most? Um, also, on the other hand, though, this is the thing, and, and I love Iron Man. If you watch Iron Man movies and they talk about the guns he has, he, in one of the movies, I think it was like Iron Man when, uh, what you call it, the dude came with the two, the ropes, and he, I think it was Iron Man 2. And I uh, forgot the actor, but he looks super old and beat up, but he's the guy with the deal. In one of the, in part of the movie, he's shooting, 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 and then all of a sudden he says, get down. And he just nukes the entire uh, amount of robots with like one shot. If I have a nuclear weapon in Justin Jefferson, I'm going to use it more than I'm going to use my little, you know, not say it's a little gun, but a, but a nine millimeter. Dalvin Cook's like a nine millimeter. Justin Jefferson's a nuke. So I think when you're thinking about KLC using his big gun, his big gun was that was uh, Justin Jefferson. That's why they moved on from Dalvin Cook. Vice versa, look at Tennessee. They moved on from A.J. Brown because they thought that uh, Derrick Henry was their big gun. So it, it's all about what you value. The, the Titans valued one or the other. And that's why Vrabel was pissed because Vrabel was like, man, no, I want to throw the ball. I don't want to have to force to run the ball because in the playoffs late, if I need to throw the ball, I don't have a guy now because you guys got rid of my best receiver and you think my running back's going to do it. So – I think that's the thought by you. It's the running the ball whole concept. Uh, look at Tom Brady winning on the Super Bowl. He didn't have a big running game. And I think I went over this with uh, with Sam. All the past Super Bowl winners have not had a top 10 running back since like the Eagles maybe in 2013. So I, I don't know. I did it on my show, though. Me and Sam went over it. It's like 2013. And I went over to Pat McAfee show. 2013, 
was like the last time they had a running back that actually was in the top six, which I think I forgot who that was. But the Super Bowl winner, man, it's not about running the ball anymore. It's, it's changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Arif. Yeah, um, I think like that's – I feel like a lot of people just kind of miss that. But, you know, I, I think it's also important to understand that running the ball is still important. And so with that in mind, yeah. like – how do you envision what the Vikings running game is going to look like now with those four backs? Like, how is it going to be split? When are they going to run the ball? How are they going to run the ball? That kind of stuff. Uh, well, honestly, I think it's going to be a zone read type scheme. Uh, I don't feel like they have the offensive linemen that can be bruisers and just run straight up the middle, straight up the tackles back. It's going to be more of a zone scheme. You're going to have your seat. I mean, unless you're going to Christian Darisaw's side and, and maybe you can't do that all the time because you're giving away your keys. But if I'm going to Darisaw, I'm going to run a road grade type where he's just putting his you know, hand in the ground. He's going forward. But if I'm going to Brian O'Neill. He's a little bit more felt. He's a little bit more, you know, he has a little bit more movement to him. I'm going to let him step up and gain uh, depth, but also get width. And so as he's doing that, if the defensive lineman goes outside, you take him outside, you let Alexander Madison read that. Vice versa, if he takes them inside, you take them inside, Alexander Madison reads that. Now, this is the key. It's going to be the the running back out of Ty Chandler, you know, Alexander Madison, uh, McBride, whoever can read, and Kane Wong Wu, whoever can read that the best. Whoever's doing the best at the zone read is going to be the running back that gets the most carries. Mm-hmm. Ron. Ron, do you think that Justin Jefferson is a product of the system, or do you think that Keyshawn Johnson is just salty that he never had a season as good as any of Justin Jefferson? First of all, Keyshawn's my favorite receiver, so stop the slander. Uh, (laughs) I will take Chris Carter's side in this beef. If not Keyshawn Johnson, I wouldn't be wearing number three. Um, There's a lot of things Mm. Keyshawn's done. Uh, Luke, you really stepped in it. Oh, boy. When I got got drafted, uh, Keyshawn Johnson was one of the first people to reach out to me, and we hung out in California. Uh, the Rose Bowl, he came to our dinner with us. Good job, to restaurant. Luke. Jesus. So Keyshawn's my guy. Real. So Key, if Key says that, then it's, it's, I believe it. It's a product. He's a product of it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, Key's my guy. But here's the thing. If you're not inside the organization, you just don't know. And so I think that's the key. Well, once you get inside the organization, and I have a bunch of softball girls here trying to get on the show. So, hey, 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 big sluggers. Um, but if you don't understand the product of the uh, the offense, you just assume that that's what's going on. So, yes, one, he is a part of the, the he's a part of that of the offense. But at the same time, you still have to make the catches. Jalen Rager was in that offense. Uh, there's a lot of guys in that offense and they're not putting up those numbers. So, yes, he's technically kind of a product of the offense. But him and Jamar Chase at LSU were dogs. And so. Was it a product of the of Joe Burrow with them? Maybe. But at the end of the day, all three are in the NFL, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Ron, let me clue you into a fan duel line that I was just looking at. Justin Jefferson, over under. Do you want to guess what his receiving yardage is uh, set at this year? 1,600. It is 1,400 on the oh. nose. So I'm I believe, Ron, that Colorado is a legal, a legal betting state. It is. Um, how much today. money are you going to lay down on that? <laughs> well, the FanDuel, I mean, we do. You are a sponsor of our show, FanDuel. If you would give me an additional $150, no sweat first bet, I'm putting the whole 150 on it. Boy, is there a <laughs> promo go. for you? <laughs> do i have some you got, you got, hey, yeah hey, no you if you put in 20 bucks to the sponsors about that tell them drop me another one in my account uh they can look me up tell them if they need my tag i can give it to them but hey you give me another 150 no sweat first bet i'm putting all 150 on justin justin on the over 1400 yards love you, it if you, you gotta sign have, up at fanduel.com slash locked on 20 bucks 
you will get 10 bucks back or 10 times that money back in bonus bets. So you can actually get like 200 bucks back up to 200 bucks back in bonus Woo. bets at FanDuel.com slash locked on and put it all on Justin Jefferson over 1400.5. Beautiful. I'm going with the over. He's going to go at, at minimum. I say 1450 this year. Yeah. And that would, and that would give it away since his rookie See, year. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he might go for 2K. I mean, come on now. You got Jordan Addison now stretching the field. I mean, he's going to press that Calvin Johnson line. I feel like mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's a He'll shame you can't. Uh, uh, sorry to interrupt, Ron. Yeah, it's a shame no. you can't adjust the line to what you want right. and then just get yeah. the better odds. Yeah. You. I would, yeah. I'd pump right. it all the way up to two grand. Yeah, that would be that'd be awesome. Uh, Ron Johnson hosts the Ron Johnson Show at 3 Ron Johnson on Twitter. Uh, uh, Pete Bursich this week, Chris Rump talking about the defensive line on Wednesday. Oh, nice. Some great stuff on the Ron Johnson Show feed on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Back next week as well with Ontarius Thomas, former Viking. So good stuff going on on the show, Ron. Appreciate it. You guys have a good one. Yep. Enjoy the Thanks, tournament. Thanks, Ron. Enjoy Colorado. Uh, I did check the Dalvin Cook box count stats as well. And the eight-man count percentage is low. It's like, let's see, 7, 10, 12, uh, like 14, 16, I think he ranked like 19th 18. of, what, 42? Yeah, I don't know what the qualification yeah. threshold was for this, but it's like 30. And is that, yeah. is that like 7-man, 8-man, or is that plus-minus? 8-plus eight plus percent. Uh, okay. next, so this, yeah. is off, so, this is Vikings formation data. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, basically. But, I mean, it does speak to how much justin jefferson you know was covered or not covered because of dalvin cook right like whether or not it's because the vikings induced that or whether or not you know regardless it does tell us that you know it's not as if teams were cheating up into the box that much right so he ranked i think what last i looked at was like 19th of 42 in um in eight plus percentage um the median eight plus percentage for the qualifying backs was like 20.5 percent and he had it at 18.9%, something like that, right? So um, it, it seems pretty unlikely. The Vikings also, on passing plays, faced uh, too high, the eighth most in the league. It very much seems like Dalvin Cook did not have the kind of gravity to pull defenders away from Justin Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> nor, <laughs> nor did Dalvin take advantage whatsoever of a light box, right? That's the thing that KOC's bugged by. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, I, but like, it's the shoulder. I mean, that's all healed now, so he'll be good again. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As healthy yeah. as he's been in three years. No, sense. it's it's that just that's like the thing that that kills him is that they you could just kind of sit in with two high safeties and bracket Justin Jefferson on either side of the field, whichever side of the field he went on, and you would just be fine because the Vikings didn't have a good enough punish. TJ Hawkinson ended up being a decent punish, but he's only one guy. Um, and that's why they have done the Josh Oliver, CJ ham. They're lining CJ ham up all over the formation. They're doing all of this lead blocker stuff, because if you come out with two tight ends or, or CJ ham or whatever, it takes a good bit of courage to stay in two high safeties against that. And they're hoping that they, can punish people who are that crazy. Um, one more guessing game for the day. Vikings, uh, or the ESPN, I should say, Seth Walder and Mike Clay ranked every roster, 1 through 32. Where do you think the Vikings fit in? Probably right in like the smack dab middle somewhere. 15, 16. Yeah. 
what is it, just on strength of roster? Strength of roster. 20. Yeah, Spinman nailed it. 16. 16. Highest in the NFC well, North. Yeah. Where are the where's the Lions? Yeah, Lions. yeah that doesn't follow for me at all. Yeah, I would have picked the Lions. I had, on strength of yeah. roster, I would have on picked the Lions. On strength of roster, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lions, I think we're right behind. I think the, all the NFC North were kind of lumped from like 16 to 24. Um, Vikings were highest. Hmm. There, there are a lot of national outlets that I think have been overrating the Vikings, actually, in some of these these rankings. I don't know, like the Bill Barnwell core rankings where they were sixth, like skill, like, or no, a skill player rankings. Yeah. Sixth. I thought that was a little high. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a pessimist. Maybe I'm no fun at all. It's a, it's a four-person podcast, and only one person is an optimist, and that's Spinman. And Jeez. even he, I think we're wearing on him a little bit. I think that we're, we're wearing me down, down, man. Are we wearing you down, down, or are the Vikings? I've seen some stuff. I've heard some stuff on this show, man. I can't go back. Let's talk about it. Let's do, also... do we think that like the national, like those SIs of and sorts are getting sick of the Lions hype? Have we oversaturated that? Might be that? that could be. But it's it. like it's tough yeah. to like. They are the betting favorite to win the division too, right? Yeah. Like, so it, it's they would have to be necessarily contrarian in order mm-hmm. to do stuff like this. Yeah, that's that's the the theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna press a button now. It's time to tell you who spilled their proverbial drink on the sofa. Get ready for this week's party foul. Sam is Big, so ready to be done. Yeah. Biggest oh my faux pas of the week <laughs> in your personal life, work life, sports I'll world. No, I'll steal it because we've been talking about it all show. So I'll just take it. Pat McAfee saying that the reason for Justin Jefferson's production is Dalvin Cook taking all the attention away from him. That's just so hilarious. That's the party foul. Done. It was, that, that's it. That yeah, that's it. Could you he want was me to so manipulated by, by the highlights of action today? I could do that, but I think we want to stick to Pat McAfee. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. No, like they, they did show they were showing like the best of the best Dalvin Cook highlights during that segment, and Pat McAfee's eyes were wide. He's like, "Whoa, look yeah. at this that eighty-yard run!" Hey, it's look the first Vikings speed. game he's ever watched. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because I think he missed, didn't he miss the Colts game where the Colts came back or lost the lead? Because Isaiah Rogers um, gambled against them. He's not allowed to. It's in uh, AJ Hawk's contract. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Oh, that's too good. Uh, party foul, Braun. Uh, I I will go. There's been more people who got suspended for gambling. Uh, Isaiah Rogers, Rashad Berry, and Demetrius Taylor are the latest slew of names. Um. Go home and bet on not the NFL. This is this shouldn't be this hard. Oh, okay. I will say this, not necessarily in their defense, but I don't think that there are many instances of people finding out about what got Jamison Williams and then gambled. I think that these are gambling violations that occurred prior to people finding out about the previous gambling. So it's not as yeah, if- I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, so, so it's exactly yeah. as stupid as the Jameson Williams thing, which right. yeah. it's not it's not yeah. more stupid. Correct. Yes. The and same I, amount. And I piggyback onto this though and say that and one I, of the six guidelines that Schefter reported yesterday, and I assume this is a rule and not just a suggestion, going into a sports book during football season. That's so 
random and arbitrary. Like if you've been to sports books, a lot of them are attached to the casino floor. So like when does the sports book start mm-hmm. and the casino floor end? Does yeah. the line you, stretch all the way around the world? Have you <laughs> are you on the property? Yeah. Like the you can bet on look at FanDuel right now. There's a hundred other things besides football that you could wager on if you're not like on team property. So I, I, that's, that's a weird one. I, 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 I understand it though, just because of like kind of the old school association between the perception bookies. Yeah. I mean, it's entirely a perception based rule, right? Um, like why would you prevent them from betting on baseball games inside the facility? It's a perception based rule. Um, but it's like the old school understanding of like bookies willing to, um, you know, adjust lines based off of information that they hear from players. So if you're like in the sports book, I think it's outdated. Right. But I get it. Right. For sure. Having a direct yeah. contact with the player is going to impact, you know, the, the nature of the sport, but it's like, you know, encrypted text messages do exist. Like if you were a bookie worth your salt, that was trying to do this sort of thing, which if you are, you should be, um, you would get a, pl- I'm just saying, right. You would get a player to install signal or WhatsApp or whatever. Right. Correct. And this is to, to get inside information. Is that where okay? I got you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not not to necessarily throw games, right? But to get inside information, like, hey, this yeah. player's hurt, this you know, that kind of thing. Apparently, there's a very suspicious Isaiah Rogers missed tackle on the Dalvin Cook breakaway touchdown. Whatever. <laughs> no way. We're gonna have to blur box you, man. <laughs> what that's come on. I'm shaking a shake weight. The, the Jets famously did that in Hard Knocks. You have a, you have a tick. <laughs> it's a throwback Wait. to Hard Knocks. Is Obviously. this Isaiah Rogers is not going to screw? I mean, he is like. First of all, it's funny because you know it, that's the guy that we all learned about. Like this is the star of the of the of this latest roundup, this crackdown. But Isaiah Rogers is not going to risk his career on a missed tackle for a. a I'm I'm going to argue that it would be a fairly small. Ridiculous. Who's the Viking who actually got screwed out of two touchdowns on defense? Defensive back, I want to yeah, say that. Yeah, Shannon Sullivan. Shannon Sullivan. Sullivan. He's man. still mad about it. I would be. I don't blame him. I he'll be mad about it for the rest of his life. Yeah. I don't. Blame I tried him. to find this on Twitter. I and and I just searched Isaiah Rogers tackle, and I found a clip of Chaz Surratt absolutely destroying him in a preseason game. And now let's, I'm let's go. Sad. Is he on a practice squad somewhere? What's going on? What is I want to see Jet. Browns, Jets, right? Jets. I thought he was in. Um... No, I think you're right. He might be a Jet. Yeah, that's a, that's he's a, a currently a Jets level player. Yeah, yeah, he's got XFL written all over him. But currently going to Jets camp. Um, I was going to do the gambling one as well. We've kind of went over that one. Um, but speaking of Chaz Surratt, I'll just wing one here. I just pulled up ESPN. They ranked the 50 biggest NFL draft steals of the past decade. I can't stand for any more Rick Spielman slander, guys. He's got four players in this top 50. One in the top seven. Do you guys want to guess? Which four players made the top 50 list? Diggs. Biggest NFL draft steals of the past decade. Diggs. Diggs was number seven in the top seven. Hunter. Hunter, number 30, mm-hmm. second rank guy. Correct. Wait, so, wait, sorry, I was reading something. What are we doing? ESPN just came out with the mm-hmm. top 50 biggest steals, draft steals in the NFL in the last decade. Rick Spielman Jep- drafted four in the top 50. Jefferson? Nope. No. So, okay, so we got Hunter and Diggs so far. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Diggs was seventh, and, and on we the can't list. count Thielen. Obviously, that would that would be weird. Correct. Right? Thielen so. is not on the list. Correct. Yeah, that would Could be Daniel a Carlson qualify. Yeah, I was about to say, was Daniel Carlson yeah, yeah. one of them? Uh, he is not. Okay. 
It should be, though. <laughs> kind of. Should be. <laughs> yeah. You can't get mad at Spielman. He I mean, picked Dalvin the guy. was a second. Would it be Dalvin? Dalvin was 35th on the list. That's, That's number oh. three. Oh, so yeah. no, Kendricks 30. would be in there, too, then, if we're doing second rounders. No, there's no way they would pick Kendricks. No Kendricks. No. no. Okay. The fourth and Rhodes? final guy ranks 49th on the list. And I no. will say he Position. was also a second round pick. He was second also O'Neal. Kyle Rudolph. Brian O'Neill. Oh, O'Neal. Yeah. Oh, right uh, okay. That, uh, yeah, Kyle Rudolph's uh, too old now. Yeah. Yeah, past decade. More than a decade. Yeah, just hey, past oh, decade. Oh, wow. Do you yeah. guys want to know who the yeah. uh, the six were before Stephon Diggs? Six, Dak Prescott, third round. Fifth, sure. Derrick Henry, second rounder. Cooper Cup, number four, third rounder, mm-hmm. pick 69. Nice. nice. Number three, Devontae Adams, second rounder. Number two, Tyree Kill, pick 165. Do you guys want to take a guess at who the number one draft steal was? Probably would NFL have been Tyree Kill decade. for me. <laughs> Can't be Sherman. That was too, he's too old. Bigger than Tyree Kill. That's crazy. He Bigger is... than Tyree Kill. Brock? Uh, I can't, I can't, no. can't give you the oh, position. Party. He was drafted in the second round, pick 63. Or wait, it's 63 not, might have been early third round. Uh, no, late not, second. Not yep. Gronk. Gronk's too old. Gronk's too old. He played at Cincinnati. Uh, he Ivan Pace. Draft. Travis Kelce, <laughs> correct. Ivan Pace. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> at least I got Travis Kelce. That's, I guess. I get it. Yeah. That was uh, fun. Yeah. I think it's stupid to put a second round pick at the top. I get it. Late yeah. second rounder, though. Late. Okay. Late. <laughs> Basically, a third okay. round pick. Okay. Uh, George Kittle. Number eight, by the way, one pick after Diggs. Yeah, pretty uh, crazy though. No, no steal and slander. Oh, I yeah. won't stand for it. Party foul. All right. Uh, um, that was great. A lot, of, a lot of guessing games. Hopefully, kept you entertained for today. You can subscribe on YouTube for free on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Comment below your favorite Rick Spielman draft steal. Of all time. Is it indeed Daniel Carlson? Yes, it probably is. Um, thanks, Luke. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Arif. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Back on the round table tomorrow, Reggie Wilson and Ron Johnson from sunny Colorado once again checking in. Probably talk some wild draft tomorrow um, and try to justify why the wild took Charlie Stramel. That's tomorrow on Locked on Sports Minnesota. So long for today on the Minnesota Football Party. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.